Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of this podcast. Um, did I tell you guys that I fell down the stairs a couple weeks ago? I can't remember if I did or if I didn't. Um, but anyway, bitch, I fell down the stairs and wow. Um, like falling down the stairs as an adult is a jarring experience. I, I don't really know where to begin. It's just very embarrassing. Um, anyway, my dog ran up the stairs and he's not allowed upstairs because he eats um, all of the earplugs that I have laying around my room because I sleep with earplugs in and then in the morning I just take them out and I literally just chuck them across my room and he'll run up and eat them. So he's just not allowed upstairs anymore. Um, instead of me cleaning, we just ban the dog from coming upstairs. That's just makes the most sense in, in my opinion. So I pick up my dog and I'm like going down the stairs, miss the first step, fall for what feels like four hours. You're literally, when you're falling down the stairs, it feels like it's a four hour event. Like it just never ends. It, I was like halfway down the stairs and I was like, okay, this has to be it. It has to be over. It's not, boom, you keep hitting another few stairs, just step after step after step. And then I got to the bottom and I was just convinced that I broke something. It, it, it like shocks you. So I was just like, not really crying, more like hyperventilating. It felt like my shoulder had been dislocated. There was a huge, it, my ass felt like it was split in half. It felt like it was fully broken. Um, anyway, just the whole thing was really embarrassing. And then uh, my mom took me to Dairy Queen and I told her to get me a brownie blizzard. She comes back with Oreo blizzard, brownie blizzard, Oreo blizzard. So I fell down the stairs and then didn't even get the right Dairy Queen guys. Crazy. Anyway, there's a lot of sad elements to that story, but we're better now. We're good. Bruises are healed. We are back. Um, you know, we're back. I don't know what that means, but I'm just at least, I don't have a huge uh, purple bruise on my ass anymore. Anyway, I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk like this about my own podcast. Maybe that sounds kind of weird, but this episode is truly amazing. Like whoever listens to this, you're about to be blessed with just such a funny and fun episode. Salma is such an engaging person and she's just so funny and likable. It's like, I can't even believe it sometimes. I can't wait to catch up with her at shows because I know that as soon as I start talking to her, it's just going to be a big party. So um, I'm definitely gonna have her back on the podcast, but for now, just enjoy this episode. We talk so much shit. Uh, we drag our exes. We talk. We talk about a lot, to be honest with you. Um, Selma has done tapings for Just for Laughs, the Halifax Comedy Festival, CBC. She's just an all-around superstar, and yeah, I uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear this one. If you like this podcast, please go rate it on um, Apple Podcasts, leave a comment or like a review. That would be nice and helpful. It helps get more people listening to the podcast um, because that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, follow at allgoodpod on Instagram to see clips and follow the guests that I've had on. And um, yeah, see ya. have been on there for so long that I am seeing people 
get into relationships and then break up and get back on the dating app. Like that's how long I've been doing this for. No. I, I see them come full circle. I'm like, hey man, how are you? Like, this is crazy. I, oh like, my God. Uh, you know, relationship. It's like, I thought you were going to say, you see Hinge suggesting the same people over and over to you. I was like, same all the time. Like, but you're like, no, 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 no. This is a whole storyline. Like it's like a movie from start to finish. We followed it. It's a whole storyline. Like there's people that delete the app because they get frustrated and then they, they come back. And I'm like, I see yes. that Hinge is, you know, worn down your confidence. I've been there. Don't worry yes. about it. It's a whole community <laughs> out there. There's a whole community. It's so true. It's, it's so like, true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, basically like, um, so first, like when I first started going on the apps, I went on like the Muslim apps and I was like, what the hell is this shit? And then eventually I got tired of like just fobby creeps. And then I was like, nope, we're going to try, we're going to try the white people stuff. And then I got, I went onto Bumble and then listen, Bumble, you know, it's just, it's a lot of work messaging first. I don't want that responsibility. It's so hard being a guy, to be honest. Don't ever catch me. You'll never catch me saying this ever <laughs> in front of men. But, like, I was like, this is too much work. Uh, you know what? Leave the pursuing to them. And then uh, then I, like, settled for Hinge. I was like, Hinge is good. But, yeah, like, there's – I don't know. I don't. I find, like, there's nobody really on there. And I'm always just sifting through the people who like me um, because I'm a really reactive person. You know, I'm not – I'm not proactive enough to go <laughs> and chase them, even though I probably, even though in my real life, I would, you know what I'm saying? But the internet, the, per the internet persona me is like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm different. I am, okay, so, you know, effortless. You, you would pursue in real life. You're bold like that. Like yeah, I actually did. I actually did recently. So basically like, um, uh, I guess, uh, and uh, you could call it um courage you could call it courage or you could call it low self-worth <laughs> which everyone fits uh your you know your mood for the day but basically like um oh my god i guess okay so this is like the troubles of being born as like an extremely conservative muslim in like such an extremely conservative family where dating was out of the question um it was like either like your your parents introduce you to someone uh or which was like what everyone was holding their breath for and like hoping that it would happen to them is that like you just like casually meet someone in in like i don't know um at an event or something or like at the mosque or like at a, at a family dinner or like like a a, a family occasion or whatever and then um and then after that that person has interest in you just from literally seeing you and then they they're like oh i want to get to know this person more so it's it's kind of like it's kind of like dating apps but like in real life and um and then and then you know but then the whole thing is that they get to know you through like going to the family or whatever right so i remember that being like my dream for so long but then i don't like i guess i started having crushes when i was really young like when i was in grade four was probably the first time I ever had a crush and then I don't really know I I really genuinely was like oh I really want this person to marry me <laughs> and they were just like a red flag of a human being even in grade four and uh so I guess my whole life was just a series of unreciprocated crushes on these guys <laughs> like for real because it was like I can't really do anything um right how am I supposed to pursue them like they have to pursue me I just have to be innocently 
sitting here waiting for them to like notice me and like pursue me and whatever, whatever. Right. Okay. And then, yeah. So that was like my life all the way until, until I was in like my master's in university, it was always like unreciprocated crushes. I think in undergrad, I finally confronted the person that I liked and I told him and he was like, yeah, I know, but I'm not interested. <laughs> and then, but that was after like three years. And after him, like, liking someone else, and then, um, then in my master's, I, I kind of, like, a friend of mine asked the guy for me, and I was like, this is so embarrassing, I want to die, but then, like, that guy kind of liked me, but he didn't do anything about it, and I was like, uh, for me, like, the definition of a rejection just, like, changed over the years. When you when I was younger, it was like rejection is when you're when someone asks a guy like, "Yo, do you like sad men?" They're like, "Gross! What the fuck?" <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? They have because everyone is such a monster and like in grade like four, <laughs> and so for me that was my definition of a rejection back then. It was like repulsion, okay. and then if right, and then eventually it turned into like um, it turned into like guys just like tolerating me but like not liking me back i was like okay yeah no, that's a rejection that can't be true and that then... can't be true no i swear to god and then it was like then it was like guys who and i know it's it's so shocking and sad to know just how low my self-worth it was and continues to kind of be in that realm so wait so but am yeah, i and... like a recap of like at, like all the times that salma has been rejected and like how 100%. it's playing out in her life okay okay exactly okay <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, and then eventually, then, then, uh, yeah. So, anyways, up until my masters, I was like these unreciprocated crushes, and but it really took a toll on me. And I was like, I hate this life. It's so painful. Uh, like I'm, I'm done with it. But I was at this like, at the same time, I had like entertained these suitors that my dad brought me, and I was just like, what the hell is happening? So I was like in this place where I was like, I don't. I'm, obviously my parents and I don't see eye to eye. I'm not liking anybody they bring, but I'm, I'm too religious and I'm too like above dating. So it was still kind of like, I'm just, he's going to see me on the bus and he's going to be like, you give me your dad's number. Right. <laughs> so basically like I didn't, but then eventually I think, uh, later that year, I'm, I must've been like 25 or something. Um, so, so so really late and then these like two guys like asked me out uh these two guys asked you out <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't at the same time it was like it was like within a month or whatever of each other they like they came together, together in a package that's what I understood I was just like <laughs> you're like these two guys asked me out like they were brothers or something and they're like we would like to share you between the two of us <laughs> Imagine if anything, they're like, we have three wives and we're looking to fill the fourth slot is more <laughs> like what they would say. But um, yeah, and then, and then that kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, like, I'll, I guess I'll do it. But I was like dying. Uh, and then anyways, I just wasn't interested in them. And then when I was, I think, 20, yeah, when I was 25, either 25 or 26, I can't remember. I actually got into my first ever real relationship. And then that was like, a whole roller coaster. It was it was for sure toxic and just like beneath me. But you know, like I I didn't know I couldn't recognize anything. I didn't know anything, and it was like the anxiety from all of the failings of that relationship that 
um, entered me into therapy. So it was actually, yeah, really great. Um, and okay. then, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I also have, okay. So I have never been in a relationship, but I know that I'm like a toxic person. Does that make sense? Because I'm like, it do like weird things for attention and like it's not good like it's really not great but then but then when I'm talking about it I'm just like no I need somebody who like is like really self-aware and like blah 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 blah. and I'm not I'm none of those things it's like mm. why what are what are the toxic things that you would do um so recently I was going on a bunch of dates with this guy who I like met on hinge and we had been like talking to each other for a really long time. Like we'd been talking for like two months and, um, on Valentine's day, like we had been talking since like January 1st. Okay. And then Valentine's day came around and he didn't yeah. wish me a happy Valentine's day. Rude. So I stalked the living hell out of this guy's like Instagram account, ended up getting one of my friends to be involved. Who's like, you know how everybody has a friend that could be in the FBI, but just like uh-huh. for some reason. So yes. she, okay. So she's really good at doing research. I was like, okay, he didn't wish me a happy Valentine's day. What's happening here? Like we've been talking for a month and a half. It's just like, I know that you're not seeing anybody else. Why can't you just wish me a happy Valentine's day? I was like, are you emotional? Yeah. Then red flags started going off. I'm like, is he emotionally unavailable that's weird he asked me out on a date at Mm -hmm. at 1 p.m on a Sunday like that is a very emotionally unavailable time to see somebody (laughs) so then you don't want to see it like why daylight that's crazy that's yeah you're an insane person yes so then um one of my friends was just like okay I'm gonna stalk him she ends up finding a a girl that like he followed and she posted a full-blown picture of her ass on Valentine's Day and he liked the photo. Piece and of that, shit. And and that I, I I was just so upset. I didn't say anything, but I was just like, I just made it seem like I was really like didn't care about like mm-hmm. any other dates that he had planned. Like I didn't want to talk to him and like yeah. he picked up on it that I was like, I think upset that he didn't you know, say happy Valentine's day. And he like kind of made up for it. But anyway, but then after that, he asked me out at like 1 PM on a Sunday and then we went on a date and like, it was just not, it mm. just wasn't it. So I was like, that's, that's fine. But gotcha. Gotcha. But the reaction of like, you know, wanting to do something about it without addressing the actual problem. Like I should have just been like, Hey, I was kind of expecting that you would say happy Valentine's day. I was kind of disappointed that you didn't like, what's, is there something going on or like whatever? Yeah. 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 Instead of like going the other way around and like making an argument in my head that doesn't exist. And then like being mad, but not telling the other person why I'm mad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. It's like that meme that's like when you stalk him and then you get your feelings hurt for exactly the stalking that you did, and you're just like, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But honestly, yeah. like, I don't know. I'm starting to reframe like my thoughts about like us being toxic, for example. And I'm like, but honestly, a big part of it is the dynamic. So if and on and honest to God, like having been in a relationship and then being back dating, like dating is actually really difficult because it's like, you kind of, I know everyone says like, obviously don't play games and whatever, whatever. And yeah, like if you are upfront with people and you kind of like tell them how you feel and whatever, um, all of that stuff is really great and admirable, but at the same time, like you still, like you still have to kind of hold yourself back and you still have to take 
things really slow and you still have to whatever like uh not really be totally forthcoming about let's say how you're feeling because that might even be projection it might not even be like a genuine emotion that you like that 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 person has like uh garnered out of you for example but i just feel like usually like it is easy to to become a little bit crazy when you are dating especially when there's no labels on it and then you have to have all these conversations of like uh so are you seeing anybody else and you said you said he wasn't seeing anybody else but even just having that conversation or just being like so what are you doing blah 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 like i feel like i'm not even really able to do that if the person doesn't offer it up themselves unless i'm like backed into a corner and I'm ready to leave like you know what I mean like I feel I still feel like I'm too too much of a wimp to like come out and be like I'm looking for a serious long-term relationship like I probably can do that but I just mean like you know if I really like someone to to kind of like start to put my expectations or, or um not even put my expectations vocalize them um so that it's like out there and and then actually make moves based off them because if I say this is what I'm looking for. And then he's not that, then I'll actually have to leave. Like I would actually have to move on. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. And like, I remember my relationship had so many ups and downs and it got like so crazy towards the end. And then it made me so paranoid and scared. Like if I didn't hear from him, that meant he was going to leave or something. And so I would always come up with like, like for me, negative attention was better than no attention at all. But okay. he made me that way. It's like crazy making, right? Because of his actions of inconsistency made me that way, you know? Oh, here's the thing. I have a fear of that happening because I'm mm. just like so... Okay, so when I first started doing comedy, I was just like, you know how it is. Like comedy takes over and I, I was just like, I don't I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want any sort of distraction. I just want to like focus on this like one thing and that's it. Like I don't want anything else. So... um and not that it's really an excuse. I mean, I think the relationship would have ended anyway, but I, when I was like 20, I dated this guy for like literally two months. Mm. It didn't go anywhere, but um, we had like met through mutual friends, which I liked. I would prefer to meet somebody through like a mutual friend rather yes. than online. I don't like, I, it's, you're right. It's a whole different dynamic. And I feel like for the personality that I have, I don't like that, like meeting up okay so this is a date it's like I'd rather meet you more informally get a sense of your personality without all the like you know okay we're gonna go to dinner we're gonna do this I should say this and like I I always find myself lying about my life I don't know if you do that but like are you serious yeah I just lie about random things just what do you say like what just to keep the conversation going like he'll be like uh he'll be like yeah I, I lived in the UK for a year and I'd be like oh my god I was there actually like just random shit like for no reason don't kill me for no reason but not anything serious but like just random like just yeah random. yeah 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 so then um I feel like I'm the opposite. I truth tell too much. I just pour too much family trauma. It's like, (laughs) he's not ready to hear this. And I'm already on page six of like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Of my book. Like, it's so awful. I'm actually going to take this necklace off because I feel like it makes me look like a drug lord from the seventies with like my tank top on and my headband. So I'm just, (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and remove that. But why am I wearing gold on on a podcast? What who am I? What am I trying to do? It's, it's this whole vibe I love it. I was like, I feel like we're waking up in our island house in by our- the water. And it's great because you know, we just talked about the Maldives. So Yeah. We're in the we're in a respective Maldives um quarters right now. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so we dated for like a couple months and he, it's just like that stupid shit. Like when you're 20, like now it wouldn't bother me. Maybe it would actually I take that back. It probably would. Yeah. But he ended up like inviting me to a party and then taking back his invitation and being like, Hey, I really want to get wasted. Actually. I don't want you there to see that. And then I was like, what the hell is that? Like, no. Yeah. And I ended up going to this party and like, and you know, when Instagram, like you would be able to see who somebody followed. Yes. I saw that he followed like three girls and I was like, no. And so then yeah. I just like fully ended the relationship. Like we move on, blah, blah, blah. Like I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. So, like, I am really perceptive, but sometimes I feel like maybe I should have, I should be giving people another chance mm. in situations like that. Yeah. 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 It's honestly, yeah. It's hard to know. Like, um, but oh my God, now that you said, now that you mentioned this, I just have like the worst flashbacks from when that it was like a following tab or whatever, where you could see their activity. Right. And then you would just see who everyone freshly follows. And that was probably responsible for like 99% of my depression and misery was yeah. like seeing the guy I was interested in just like follow all these girls all of a sudden and I'm just and then stalking those girls and then proceeding to hate myself and compare and all that shit oh my god the best goes. thing Instagram did was take that off because while I want to know I don't want to know you know no, it's saying? never good it's always the girls that are like uh like very artsy their their profile is locked so like you can't see anything but their profile picture you're just like okay she has big tits and is artsy yeah. like I can't compete with this like what am I gonna exactly do? You know what I mean? yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no I get it like I, I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional I think with in terms of like saying how I feel it I mean it's terrifying right because then um like then people can can just I don't know they could be like oh you were so intense or whatever and you never want to be labeled as so intense when when we're just like dating and stuff but then I'm just like I don't know I think it's better that way but yeah so I recently like told a guy that I liked him and it was so freaking difficult to do it. So it was someone that I met like um, pretty early on. And then uh, like it was someone I met and then in a group setting, we were like working on a, a project together and stuff. And then I was like, I was like, I feel like this is the kind of guy that I would date if I was healthy. Like if I was an actual <laughs> person, you know what I mean? Like he's really forthcoming. He's like excellent at communicating. He's like, you know, uh, we, we both have like really similar types of humor, whatever, all that stuff. And then, um, so we hung out like a couple of times. I literally asked him to shoot, <laughs> to help me shoot a TikTok video. So we hung out for like three hours and he, I never ended up putting the video up, but I think I should. I need to edit it. Um, but anyways, <laughs> and then, I was like, something needs to come of this. And then, um, and then after that, like we, so we hung out for like, uh, uh, like three hours the first time. And then, then, then I asked him, I was like, let's go for a walk. So we went for like a th another, like three, four hour walk. And we walked like by the water. I live really close, um, to Harbor front. Like I'm on like Spadina and, and Gardner basically. And hey, then flex, flex. yeah, <laughs> no, no, are you kidding? It's because the friggin' rent in Toronto like dipped like 40% or something because of COVID. That was the, the only Maldives way. of Toronto. You are essentially living in the Maldives of, of the city. I'm in the Maldives. You're in the Maldives. It's amazing. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we walked like really far, like all the way to like uh, Liberty Grand, like past Ontario place and stuff like that. Anyways, then the whole time I was like, you know, when you, I like, I get into these stupid ass phases where I'm like, I like this person. I'm like, I can't tell if he likes me. Does he like me? Does he not like me? And then I'm, I'm like a miserable 
pathetic person. I'm like Googling how to tell if someone likes you or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, are you in grade two? Like, this is me yelling at myself, right? And then I was like- And then you see the diagrams. I've looked that up so many times and it's always like the same, like somebody drew this like diagram. It's on like wiki how or something. Like it's so pathetic. And I- I you know like what I'm talking about? T- no, what's the what's the diagram? Was like, the, oh my god! If I look up, just like uh, oh, how to tell if like a, a guy is like hitting on you at a party, and it's it's like a, a literal drawing of like a guy holding a cup at a party, and then like turning. Oh around. yes, it's, it's yes. Just the most. It's the saddest, weirdest shit I've ever. It's so yeah. sad. And then yeah. there's this guy called Matthew Hussey. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like this like relationship coach or whatever in in london i remember i discovered him when i was trying to get over that like two-year unreciprocated crush in my masters uh during my masters and he he basically like coaches women on like relationships and dating and he wrote a book called get the guy i even bought it and i read it back then and basically i guess because most people are not really like uh like they're not really extroverted they don't really like to talk to people they're not really like friendly they're more reserved and stuff so he basically just promotes like you know get break out of your shell become more extroverted talk to more people um and the more like the more of an input of people that you meet the more likely you're gonna find someone like it's just a numbers game kind of and my therapist always i i already don't even that doesn't resonate with me at all like i just (laughs) assume if you like me you'll come and talk to me if you don't want to talk to me then you are not interested no he was he was even saying stuff like for example a lot of girls are like i i don't like to pursue guys i'm more old-fashioned and then he was like do you know what women used to do in the old-fashioned days they would wait until someone that was hot essentially walked past them and they would like drop their handkerchief uh, i will do that uh, i will literally do that and i have done that i will and i have done that and i will do it again okay okay yeah i do like that i will literally go throw my pen across the room and go pick it up and be like (laughs) try to you know do you know make some do some shifty eye movement and then walk yeah do the eyes that's great that's what he's suggesting but then he was like he was on this podcast that I was like listening to for spiritual reasons, but then I saw him on there and I was like, listen, this is also, this is more important than spirituality. Okay. And so I started listening to him and he's, he's like talking to the host of the podcast and he's like, he's like the amount of women who call me up and call up my radio channel or whatever and ask me, what is he thinking? What's going on with him? Whatever, whatever. He's like, is comical. He's like, I don't know. I've never met this man. You know who does have the answers? Him. And he was like, just go ask him, like, go talk to him. But he's like, but then people don't because like having that conversation would require um, action afterwards. Like there would be a consequence as in they would, they might have to leave and mm-hmm. people are not ready to leave basically like what we were saying yeah. earlier. Right. And yeah. so um, anyway, so I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Only he has the answers. <laughs> Even though it's like the most basic, like, you know, all like he's, the Jesus that he's talking about, like the Bible or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was like, oh my God, this is like divine knowledge. But yeah, so then I uh so anyway, so we're on this walk. And then it just I was like, Sam, I tell him that you like him. Like then it didn't even become about him anymore. I was like, I was like, are you capable of telling a guy that you like him? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And then I was like, now well, now you gotta do it. Now you gotta prove it to us. That you're capable of doing this right so then the whole time we're on this freaking walk and i'm like okay i'm gonna do it now no i'm not gonna do it now no i'm a freaking chicken i don't know what to tell you 
I'm a little freaking coward. And so then I was like, okay, no, this is all too awkward. I don't know how to segue into it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say it to him when he says bye to me. Like when he drops me off, basically, I'll say it to him then. Because yeah. then that way, like, there's no awkwardness after, right? Um, but then he didn't walk me into my building. He just left at the uh, at the intersection. And then he, he just put you in a bush, up. basically. He literally <laughs> dropped you off in a bush. And, and you still were confused about if he liked you or not. He actually brought you to a sewer drain and he threw uh, me in the street. Uh, he threw me in the middle of the rain into a dumpster. And yes, um, and I was like, like he I did can't. Yeah, it was very romantic. Literally, and I was like, I can't tell. You know, people are complicated. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, anyways, then I ended up like messaging him about it. Um, right after he was like, basically, he was like, uh, giving me tips on like my writing that I did uh and he was like critiquing one of the characters he's like this character is too reactive she's not proactive enough I was like this character is based on my life I was like so you're basically <laughs> saying I am too reactive and not proactive enough and then um this character I, I mean clearly is deeply insecure about something they're projecting onto everybody in their life I mean I find exactly. them kind of obnoxious um <laughs> Wait, wait, did he work in did he work in tv or something or was he just like a random yeah he works in like he's 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 in comedy but he's just starting to get into like writing and stuff like that now and okay. yeah he's taking a bunch of like screenwriting uh classes and he's really good he knows like he's all about like the structure of blah 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 but i fight with him That's sometimes ideal. because yeah I, I, like, no, I like yeah it's it's good it's good to because it's like I can always run my work by him and stuff like that you know yeah um but then yeah sometimes I fight with him because he gets too technical and I'm like wait but do you get confused sometimes about like because sometimes I will and I've said this on on other episodes before where I'm like if you are like if I see that you're interested and encouraging towards like my comedy and like yes watch shows with me that I like and like and are just like, hey, like run any ideas by me. Like, I'd love to hear your podcast and, and are interested in my career. Then I'm like, this person is my yes. soulmate. Like it's, and and like literally they could do anything. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, but they watch like this show with me. And like, we talk about it and like, I blah, 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 blah. And oh my like, God, a hundred million percent. And that's kind of like what I was going to say next is the the part where like, um, for sure I, I've like got, fallen into that so many times where I'm like this person is so interested in my comedy I, as in and my what's my comedy my comedy's me and my comedy's my life and my personality so clearly they're interested in me but then I realized like a lot of guys actually really want what you have in terms of comedy like usually when guys are really drawn it's either that they have an interest in me but more commonly it's that they actually deep down on their own bucket list want to try comedy and then they like oh my god oh my god you just hit the nail on the head whenever they're like really supportive it's literally because they either want to try comedy or like will reveal yes. it to you like three months later that like they actually want to do comedy and like or like they had a brother who like used to do stand-up and like they wanted to get into it themselves. yes it is sick it's so yes. psychotic yeah it literally literally that's that's basically it so I stopped, um, I stopped falling for it because I was like, they're just here for their own selves. Like, and, and yeah. they see you doing it. And obviously it like evokes this, this like reignited passion in them where they want to do it. So then they're like, so drawn to you and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it's not, <laughs> I'm like, that's not about me, but yeah, basically like, um, 
yeah like so so anyway so like with this dude so i ended up telling him i was like what, when he was like your character's too reactive and needs to be more proactive i was like well speaking about being proactive like i actually really like you whatever and then and then he was like yeah like i'm not looking he was nice about him he's like i'm not looking for anything right now right and then usually when guys reject me i'm like okay um good i will not talk to you again like thank you for telling Thanks for the information. Goodbye. Right. Um, but then what ends up happening that I've noticed is that a lot of them feel really like guilty. And so then they start to like be extra nice to you um, to kind of be like, I guess they want to like let you down easy. Like it's the opposite of like, it's the opposite of guys who retreat. Like they try and they try and like be extra nice. They try it. They're like, and then, and then they're almost like in this swimming in this like flattery or something like this pool of flattery so that so that but then it ends up confusing me because i'm like does this mean there's a chance like you know what i mean am i am i supposed See, to i don't i literally have stopped doing that because i'm like i'm taking everything for face value i'm taking mm. your actions for face value i'm taking yeah. your words for face value if you're just like hey i'm not really looking for anything serious right now done goodbye never yes. i will never doesn't matter how nice you are to me and also how insulting is it that you think that you're this like god that like 100%. everybody wants and like you have to let me down easy like bitch i don't care there's 50. literally i will go back online and go find another one i don't have to be sitting over here all sad and whatever you don't have to be nice. literally <laughs> but yeah I, I feel like my therapist wants me to like brutally cut off guys like much quicker and and then yeah and then i fall for stuff like i'm like Oh, but they're so encouraging. Oh, but they're this and that. And this is like the only source of like male encouragement that I have in my life right now. Obviously, I have daddy issues. Who the fuck doesn't have daddy issues? And so I'm just, you know what I mean? Everybody so that's cool does. Everybody that's cool does. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like an actuality. Uh, but then what ends up happening also is then, but yeah, you're right. Like, I shouldn't fall for all that shit where it's like, then I pull back accordingly because I'm like, all right, this person is uh, whatever, like, uh, I'm not interested in them. I'm going to go back to my default, which is being a shitty friend who responds in 16 business days. Like, you know, when guys are like, oh, do you want to be friends? I'm like, oh, you want to get demoted to like me responding to you in three months? Like, I literally am the worst <laughs> friend. Okay. <laughs> and so then, so then pretty much like, then that starts to happen and then they freak out because I guess they want, they're like, oh no, she's pulling back, whatever, whatever. It fucks with my mind, but you're right. I should be like, and no, I'm taking this at face value. And yeah, no, I, I have, I, I've stopped. I, Cause I was like that at one point and I was just like, nah, it happened with one guy that I really liked and we went on a date and whatever. And anyway, we just like stopped talking, but I, and then he was just like really nice to me. Like he would like send me messages and like DM me jokes and stuff. And I was like, uh, no, like, no, because it's either yeah. one or the other. It's either like, you're letting me down easy, which is also not good. And just not insulting it's, not, it's, it's insulting it's not respectful yeah. or you are really just trying to play with my emotions both are negative so it doesn't matter so what true the most respectful thing you can do is literally just not talk to me unless I see you in person mm. like no like do I do you think I really want to be friends with you like do you think that like <laughs> I'm like I want to hear how your day is going after like we went on a few dates and now we're not going to be dating anymore like no so it's so like, true so true yeah <laughs> I um I guess like yeah that's why I appreciate also dating better because it's like it's Wait, like would you would you would you go out with a guy who was friends with like his ex like friends friends hmm I don't know like friends friends as in they talk regularly still yeah I find I don't know I've never really encountered that 
but yeah. is is that a thing tell me about um, it I I what okay so there was one guy that I really had a crush on like I have like like I literally have crushes once every two years so like mm. when it happens it's a very special thing for me I get a little gotcha. bit kind of not obsessed but a little bit kind of possessive okay yes. yeah yeah so yeah. uh he told me that he was like going to get a coffee with like his ex-girlfriend and they had broken up like not that long ago and it just mm. triggered a jealousy like response in me and I didn't oh. feel good about myself like I and but I don't they know had just like, they've broken up not that long ago that's that's I think a red flag for me yeah they had broken up not too long ago so I was just like yeah I don't want to be in the middle of like whatever is happening here you know what I mean so like that's fine but even if it's like two years later I think you know, I think I would just have to like go out with them I'd be like you know what why don't why don't we all go out together then if you guys yeah. are such cool friends and this is all cool and whatever then yeah. like you don't have to be secretive about it. Why don't we all just go out and then just see what the vibe is like. And then if she's yeah. cool and like everything and we, we, we get along, like we can become friends. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's know? definitely a context by context basis. I think like if they were dating throughout like, I don't know, high school and, and they kind of like grew up together and they were like, they're part of the same friends group or I don't know, like something like that and, and or like the community or whatever. And then, um, and then after that, like, you know, that, but that was like five relationships ago and they were a whole other human being back then and whatever. And then now it's kind of like, not a one-on-one -on -one thing but they're they're friendly with them and they're cool with the whole group or whatever like I'd be like yeah that makes sense but if it's like a recent thing just based off of my experience and the experiences of so many people around me like it's so easy for you to get back with your ex if it's a recent breakup and you haven't like completely you know gone the other way where you're like even if actually even that like uh it, it's still so easy for people to like get back within like I don't know like a two-year range or something like yeah. uh, you know so I would be I would for sure be like yeah alarmed I, think it's, by that. I think it depends if you're like being secretive about it uh and then there's always a thing where it's like oh I'm only secretive about it because I thought that you would get mad it's like okay well mm. Mm, no it's like you can just talk to me about it and yeah. see if I'm actually gonna get mad and how I feel about it exactly it just on, like how secretive you are about it and it's just like okay are you going to this other person for like emotional support instead of coming to me first type of thing mm. and that can be kind of weird but I would on it yeah. I would be open to like going out to like watch a movie with the, like the three of us I'd be like Why don't, let's just all go hang out then yeah 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 exactly and if you're weird about it then well then there's something going on here and goodbye exactly exactly yeah I feel like um yeah for the most part everybody I've ever like talked to didn't really have any reason to to like talk to their ex or anything like that you know unless they like had a a mutual like like a child you know what I mean <laughs> then yeah. they would then they would like okay obviously you have to talk to them but yeah I don't know I I find that I I haven't really come across that and but if I did I would just be like there oh there was one guy who was like dating and stuff and he was talking to me and then uh, he but then I asked him like are you over your ex and he's like I literally still cry about her I was like yeah okay and then they got back together like later, later that week yeah. oh god <laughs> yeah you made the right decision <laughs> I still cry about her. God, I know. No, I know that feeling though. Um, so before we were yeah. talking about this, we were going to say something else. What, what were you about to say? Because I, I kind of cut you off and I went on this like tangent. Oh, no, no, that's okay. But yeah, like I was just saying about that, like uh, that whole, you know, taking them at face value and like cutting them off like is so great. But oh yeah, I, I was going to say that 
um i i realize like sometimes a lot of the times like with the the like let's say the two most recent guys that i've liked is is that i actually don't have a spark with them in the moment like in the moment i'm like this is boring actually i could do without this Mm -hmm. and then later and then later i'm like i'm like I start to big it up again in my mind. Like, like that night I, I I'm probably fine. Like I'm whatever over it the next morning. I'm like, yeah, that like, I see it for what it is. Right. But then the next couple of days, like my mind is like, no, let's fantasize about them again. Let's like this and that let's, let's big this up into something so much bigger in our head. And because I actually don't even really care about the connection with them as much as I care about like the residual feeling of having a crush and someone to text and something to make your routine and your day-to-day so much better. When you have a crush, you don't need sleep. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. When, when you have a crush, like literally, like if I'm talking to a guy that I like, I don't need sleep. I look great. Yes. I feel great. My energy is better. Like I feel, I, I don't know what happens and it, it's just automatic. I'm not sure what it is, what happens but I genuinely don't need sleep. I just have energy all the time. I don't even need caffeine. I'm like, well, what's the point of that anymore? (laughs) It's fun. Yeah, honestly, I get it. It's like, it's like, there's this, yeah, it's so fun. There's like a spring in your step. There's something to look forward to. There's like someone to think about. And before it was much, much worse. Like I would think about them like, probably 90% of my day and it would just I'm watching the Mia um Pharaoh like the uh, Alan V Pharaoh uh um documentary or whatever on HBO on Crave and um and she was like saying how after she like found out some horrible information she was basically saying how um she couldn't do a film with Woody Allen without it permeating the membrane of the day and I was like yo white people just really be having great language uh descriptors <laughs> I didn't so understand I, like, any of that that was I gibberish I don't understand she that. literally she literally said it kept permeating the membrane of the day I was like what is that I literally wrote it down in my mind and I was like yeah honestly like if I could describe what it was like being in a relationship, like in that my toxic relationship, like a few years ago, and just when I, before I started therapy and before I started kind of like <clears throat> putting a lot of the weight back on myself, uh, I used to just like think about these people. Like I couldn't be doing anything at work without thinking about them. Like it just, it was like 99% of my day probably was always thinking about them. Like anything I ever did, it would enter that memory. Like it's not like you could do anything and be like, like it was very rare where I could ever do something and not think about them. And probably the only thing that ever made me do that was comedy because like you're so over consumed by the adrenaline in the moment and you're talking like, you know, there's so much happening. You really need to be present. Like it forces you to be present. Yeah, but you, is that only if it's reciprocated or like you can do that even if it's not reciprocated and you just have like a crush on the person? Um, I think, I think back then it was like, if it was recipro- I think it's if it was reciprocated. Yeah. Now it's harder to tell now because I, I just don't do that anymore. Like, uh, and, and it was wild because when I first went to therapy, this, my therapist was like, you're like killing it in all these areas of your life, like academically, professionally, whatever. And then, but then like, you know, for some reason, this is like consuming you basically like the relationship. And I was like, yeah, but it's the only thing I care about. Like, I don't care about anything else. Like, in fact, I would say that the only reason I'm accomplishing so much in my life is uh, like, in spite of not being in a, like, it's despite not being in a relationship. It's kind of like, 
you know, people are like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, hopefully with a guy. And then five years later, I'm like, you know what? Um, unfortunately things didn't work out like how I wanted it to. And I'm like the vice president or something like, do you know what I mean? It's like, unfortunately I'm very sad about how things turned out to be. Um, and then I think like, <laughs> that's so funny. And I think I just realized like all of, uh, all of, uh, like all of these like hopes and dreams I was putting on a relationship. Like it's not even realistic. Technically when you, when you're in a happy relationship, like it just fades into the background and it becomes like I know something else that you don't care about in your life <laughs> not that you don't care about but like then you, you like you, human brain will always focus on what you want to grow and the negatives and what you want to improve and stuff yeah. so let's say right now we're focusing on like trying to find a partner like getting into a relationship and building our comedy career if we do get the relationship and it's healthy and it's stable it's just going to fade into the background and we're just going to still focus on the comedy career like do you know what I mean right um, so yeah in that way I realized like it's not the be all end all that I thought it was going to be. And actually like happiness and a good quality life comes from you and your own demons and figuring that out. So that took a lot away from the weight that I put on relationships, uh, which then reduced the percentage in which I would like think about someone. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're not, I don't know, I guess just sometimes it, it happens that way. Do you ever find that, um, there is, and this is such a misconception. I don't know. First of all, I mean, being comedians, I truly don't believe helps our dating life at all. Like if there could mm. be any profession that we could enter that is fully does not want us to be in relationships, it's stand-up comedy. Yes. But I don't understand why there is always, like I'm always challenged in some way. Like whenever, um, I tell a guy that like I do stand up comedy. First of all, on all my dating apps, I have that I'm just a writer. I don't have mm. a stand up comedian. Okay. I have that I'm like a comedy writer because I don't want them to look me up and mm. I don't want them to start the line with like, tell me a joke because like, yeah, yeah, even yeah. if you're a great person for me, if you start with saying something stupid, I will you're literally canceled. block it. You're canceled. You're canceled. Yeah. And I'm, I'm uh, immediately. Unmatch immediately. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I want to give you a chance. I want to get to know you first. And then, you know, I, I'll say this thing. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you like, whatever. Um, and then they all, and I usually just get met with like, uh, if, if I don't do it that way, like if I don't wait, I always get met with like straight up, like a, either an insult, either they're just like, oh, I've seen your comedy and I don't think it's funny or that's happened before. That's well, I, like very rarely. Like, I think it's just happened like once or twice, but I'm like, these guys, some men are just on there. Cause they just, I'm like, do I look like your ex that cheated on you or something? I was like, you're not seeing me. Like I'm, I resemble somebody else to you. In this oh like, yeah. 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 Whatever deflecting. But, um, and then there's always the other one where it's just like, they try to tell me a joke and like go out of their way to be kind of like, like I can tell it's not your personality. Like they try to be like really extroverted and like mm. do bits and stuff. And I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. not doing that. Like I don't even that happens. That happens also to me. Like, so I actually have that I am a stand-up comedian in my profile, but I don't know brave. if I should I, I don't know no, if I should like... keep it there because actually it, I'm sure it comes from it comes from my own it comes from an insecurity, but it also comes from me trying to set a boundary where it's like, when people see me, they're like, oh, religious, hijabi, whatever, whatever. And I, especially before when I was on the Muslim apps, I was like, I want to set the tone real quick. Like, I do this. And if this is like way too liberal for you, like basically fuck off. 
uh, you know? Um, so I wanted to kind of just be like, and then, and then, yeah, usually like if, if guys are like insecure about it or whatever, like it might come out and then I could just be like, okay, peace. Um, and I also do want them to look me up in terms of just seeing my mannerisms and my video and what I'm like and my loud ass voice, because, uh, I don't know, I guess that's also an insecurity where I'm like, if you're not into that, then also like peace out, you know what I mean? Um, because I think I have a lot of anxiety of going from like, even though I love to meet in person, I hate talking through text. I hate talking on the phone. I'm like, don't waste my time. Let's just meet in person because then I can suss out like the vibes, the mannerisms, all that stuff. If I'm actually attracted to you, whatever, whatever, and vice versa. So I think because I do that, I'm also really self-conscious of them doing that. And then I get, I, I get a lot of anxiety about the transitioning from the online to the meeting in person part. Um, so I think like for me, I'm like, if they look up my videos, at least like they'll have an idea or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and probably also <laughs> this whole episode just should be called extremely insecure. With <laughs> no, I think that's so, okay. So you are kind of the opposite to me where I feel like I need to trick you into, mm. you know, like I need to slowly transition you into the idea that I'm a stand-up comedian mm. and that this is what I do for a living. And I don't, I, I have it in my head that men don't, aren't insecure about uh, meeting somebody who is like funny. Cause like literally that's our job. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's important to a lot of guys. They, I, some of them get weird about it. And obviously those ones don't make the cut, but I just mean like some of them are kind of like, Oh, well I can be funny too. Or like, what are like, I don't know, like, or, or they, they feel like it's their job to be funny or something like that. And you're going to take that away from them. Like, yeah, it's I like, don't know. It's, you know it's you really weird. Still, you can still do that. I'm actually not funny in real life, but the thing is, is that it's like, I don't want you to feel any ways about it. I don't want you to feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to justify myself to you. I don't want to be like, yeah. yeah, no, don't worry. I'm only funny on stage. I'm not funny off stage. Like you can take all the limelight and, you know, in real life. Yeah. 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 And then I'm just only funny for like, you know, at the night in the nighttime. <laughs> mm, yeah. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually, I don't know. Usually for me, it's really telling if someone like, if that's a point that they need to like dote over or something then I'm like, okay, like, uh, but, but then I also, because I'm so in it, it's hard for me to like remove myself and be like, what would it be like if I, um, if like I were, you know, talking to someone who was a stand up for me, like how would I feel for example? But then to, to a large extent, I'm like, man, I would just, I feel like I just need to date someone who actually gets it because the amount of times I've seen people like put stuff in their profile, like um, a dream of mine is to like be on Netflix or to, to write a show or to do this or whatever. And I'm just like, I was like, oh, okay, what ideas do you have? And then they're like, I don't know. I have a lot of comedy ideas, but you know, I just have to like sit down and write it. I'm like, you just have to sit down and write it, you piece of shit. Like we are not freaking taking all these screenwriting classes and like killing ourselves day and night, trying to figure out like the perfect structure, perfect whatever, perfect marriage of like humor and identity and uniqueness and whatever the hell and you know working on seven million drafts and like all this uh you know you're just saying it like that and I'm like okay they're never gonna understand and be able to appreciate this profession right and then there's and then there's people who say stuff like and I've seen this a lot they'll say stuff like um uh, what's the craziest most spontaneous thing you've done and they're like I got tickets to Jimmy Fallon on the day of and I went to go watch it and they're like I went to see SNL live I'm like bitch we're trying to write for SNL do you know what I'm saying like get out of here get out of here with these small mundane like yeah. dreams um yeah. 
they're so always I, like, oh, I had a really bad day like I didn't I wasn't able to get my sandwich my sandwich is usually two dollars today was four dollars I don't know what happened yeah. like I literally had a tv show rejected uh our yes. days are not the same exactly exactly <laughs> Exactly. So then, so like you, I find it hard to like relate to those people. And, you know, it's like, for me, I'm just, it's also really bad, but I feel like being in this industry, like it does make us a lot more exposed to like, uh, unique things or or things that are like more, more thrilling and exciting. So then when I hear like that, a lot of people are just basic boring ass people i'm like i just i can't live this life like it's it's not appealing it's not appealing to me i don't know combination of like i really don't believe that there's any formula like you can i don't care Mm. what job you have i don't care what job you have you just have to like it and have you know dignity about it like that's all like i can't be with somebody who like hates their job and complains about it all the time because i'm just like I just sat down with somebody that I really admire and had them on my podcast and talked for two hours. And then I got to do this other thing that's really creatively fulfilling. And like, I don't, I don't have yeah. that kind of mentality, you know, what, about what it is that we do. We, we just love it. We love our jobs. It's fun. It's who we are. It's just different. So it's like, I don't care literally what your job is. You just have to like really love it. And, and that's, and be able to talk about it if you really like it. And that's literally it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I technically tend to gravitate towards guys who are like, less so in the limelight, like they're, they're, they're very like funny and all that stuff, but they don't really care about like attention and fame. And I'm like, that's good, because I care a lot about it. (laughs) So you know what I mean? I feel like I take up the quota. Um, But yeah, I think ultimately, it's just like finding someone who gets it and is like really supportive and knows how big a deal all of this stuff is. And it's a that's a learned thing too. like it does. They don't have to be in the industry to know, you know what I mean? Yeah. but yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it definitely brings out a lot of weird parts of guys. So I like to just like kind of filter through that, like early on and stuff, you know? Yeah. How are you on uh date? This is the last question I'll ask you about dating, but what, um, <laughs> what are you like on date? Like, are you really perceptive? Are you hyper aware of how you're coming across? Cause like, usually what happens to me is it, it takes me a long time to get to know someone I usually end up going on like a few dates before I know like if it's a yes or no I can't I don't ever know after the first date Mm. one I know that like all first dates are awkward I'm not no matter what I'm not seeing the authentic you you're not seeing the authentic me like I'm lying about random shit you're lying Mm. about random shit we're both lying (laughs) and then the lying kills me yeah just I lie about random stuff and then um (laughs) then the second date is more of just like I don't know. It's, it's more casual. And then by the third date, I just feel like everybody's guard is kind of down. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm also like, as comedians, I feel like we're both really um, like, we're able to adjust a lot. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's part of our job. And we're used to being able to adjust to like different groups of people and different personalities that we meet in like the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And when I'm meeting somebody like romantically, I forget that like, you don't have to like, not put on, but like, you you don't have to adjust to like their personality. Like I don't have to adjust to their energy. Like if I'm yeah. really energy and I meet someone who's like really low energy, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. also become low energy. Yeah. 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 Match their cues, match their body language. And I'm like, I don't feel like I was really me though. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. I yeah. feel like, I, I feel like for the most part, I, 
I'm I'm very much uh, like I, I take up a lot of space. I, I say a lot of stories. It, a lot of the times it ends up being about me. And I'm trying to be more conscious about that where I'm like, like for sure I ask them a lot of questions. There's There's been people that I've, I went on dates with who didn't even let me get a word in. And I'm like, okay, this person is just like extremely uh, like not interested or whatever. And it was fine. Like they weren't right. But anyways, it, it was like, it was insane. But um. I remember just being like, uh, I, I, I think for me, like there was like one person I met in October and I was, it was such a fun day. We had such a good time, but I was like telling him so much of like family drama and trauma. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like, no, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, this is too much. And then, you know, like, uh, and then, and then I mentioned something and I was like, but I'm not going to get into that. And he's like, now you have to get into it. He was also really probing me and he wanted to like know a lot more about it and stuff. But, um, but afterwards I always feel like, I, I, I never thought that I would be necessarily victim to this, but I think I am becoming more and more a, a, a little bit um, falling into this where I feel like a vulnerability hangover. Like, I just thought that that wasn't something that I would experience. But I think now that I'm trying to consciously work on, I'm trying not to do the most in my relationships early on because I realize it comes from, once again, insecurity where I, it's not actually me, like it's, it's my, it's me being like, I'm not, I'm not going to give this person a chance. And this is with romance and non, like friendships also, uh, like new friendships. I'm like, I'm not even going to give this person a chance to consider or think about whether or not they like me. So I'm just going to bombard them with like entertainment, uh, so much oversharing and personal stories and, uh, acts of service, whatever. And then they can't, they don't even have a second to think like, do I actually like this person or do I not like this person? Because they're just kind of like, yeah, well, I guess having her around is a positive thing. So I'll just like go with it. And then eventually like you kind of hijack the true intimacy of that relationship. Cause right. Cause you're trying, you're kind of like taking away the opportunity for them to actually realize their, their true feelings towards you. Um, and then also like, uh later down the line like with friendships if they're constantly used to me giving then it just becomes not sustainable anymore and they're just constantly taking and then i become resentful or whatever right so yeah i feel and and my my therapist was kind of talking to me about this in our last session like she's like that's not the real you that's oversharing so much that's like that's your defenses right that's like your you being really nervous so you're actually like like oversharing a lot whereas in reality, like interest is more so like a balanced number of questions from either person or interest or, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so I, I guess I'm trying to be a little more conscious of that. Uh, I do sometimes think like getting, I male identify a lot. Like I'm like, what does he think about me? What is he thinking about this? How do I come across? Um, but I'm trying to kind of tap more into myself. Like forget about how you think he feels. How do you feel? You know, he can, he can feel one of like 7,000 emotions, like figure out yours uh, but yeah, it's dif definitely difficult. Like, I, I think it helps a lot when I go into dating as in, I'm just meeting a new person, uh, and it doesn't necessarily like have to be romantic right off the bat. Like it could, it's just, you know what I mean? I'm just, uh, it, we're just, it, it's just, you're, I'm expanding my horizon. I'm breaking out of my soundboard, you know, bubble of friends. I'm, I'm just like getting out there more. And you, you learn a lot about yourself through dating also when you meet different people especially like for me like you know uh different from my upbringing and all of that so yeah i mean this is really rich for me to say when i haven't like gone on a date <laughs> since october but 
Yeah, it's um, no, it's hard, especially in the pandemic. I mean, to be honest with you, my life dating wise before the pandemic and after the pandemic is or, or, you know, before the pandemic and during the exact same. Yeah, nothing has Mm. changed. I'm seeing still like the same amount of people. It's the same frequency that it was before. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I just think that like, um, I don't know, it was something that never bothered me. But as yes. of recently, I'm just like, okay, I have some time to waste. Maybe yeah. it would be nice. It would be nice. It's not, it doesn't, it's not a mm, yes, no, yes. necessity. It would just be nice. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like, th- that's also how I feel too. Like, I never really thought of relationships as a necessity. And there are people around me who, like, it's like, it was, it's like, kind of like, a military thing like they're like I need to get into a relationship it has to happen and they're just like you know visibly really unhappy and like they they kind of can't like settle being alone or like handle it uh I was never like that but I feel like I I can definitely like there's definitely room for me to be a little bit more um maybe vocal about it and more uh but but like I I mean it took me a while to even be like to even be able to say like I'm looking for a long-term relationship and I I think I'm ready and I have a lot to give and I'm ready to receive like that also took a little bit of time for me to be able to say that um but it's still not like a desperate thing like I need it to happen right now or you know what I mean because it's so wild like when I'm when you're in a relationship, you're like, oh my god, I miss being single and just not being tied to anything and having this like free energy of being able to flirt with anyone and everyone and you know this wonder yeah. about how what's my love story gonna be like, what's the meet you gonna it's be like, whatever. Like, the and date? then when you're single, you're single, just like, like what, what flirting? Who are you flirting? I'm flirting with nobody. There's nobody that's around. You know what I mean? It's like, literally, I'm literally. like I I have this image that I'm Carrie Bradshaw as soon as I start you know it's like after the second date I'm like okay he seems too serious I'm getting like marriage vibes like I'm not about yes. it I'm gonna be single and free forget this and I'm like who are you are you mm-hmm. Carrie Bradshaw yeah, yeah, yeah. Miranda who are you who do you like you're literally <laughs> sitting inside all day lighting candles and having you know um, literally literally yeah it's not psychic to tell you when your next it's, relationship it's always- be. like bitch you want this don't act like you don't yeah yeah yeah, it's always like, I don't know, it's always um, whenever something pushes you out of your like comfort bubble, then you get like, a, then you're like, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I did like the status quo, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, I yeah. shows and like flirting with guys after shows. I'm like, you go home, you get a shawarma and you go home with onion breath. There's nothing happening here. Literally. What are you about? I- I'm like you oh my god after our taping you're talking about our taping that was like such a depressing night for me I got home by like 9 p.m and because they kicked us out of the venue like right away I got home by like 9 p.m and I was like now what I should be I should call someone I should hang out with someone what's the where's the after party I was like why is everyone hanging out without me yeah I know what's the after party no I'll tell you what my after party was so after our taping yeah me and Noor uh just walked for like a long time we found an ANW and we were like a- attacked essentially by you know just like two homeless people and oh my they God. came in without masks on and they didn't care they were just like we're gonna give you COVID we're gonna give you COVID and I was like yeah, yes. yeah. so the after party was almost getting COVID at an ANW so you didn't miss out on much 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you know, it sounds romantic, but yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely was like, so in my head about it and yeah, like COVID doesn't help a lot. I like you love to meet people in real life, um, or like through other people or through networks and stuff like that. Like I find the online thing to be really difficult. Um, but yeah, I guess it also comes, it comes back to a reframing, like just being like, oh, it's fun to meet people. And, you know, guys who know what they want is actually really sexy, blah, blah. Easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? Much easier said than done. Yeah. I think it's just like, yeah. Well, yeah, totally. I, I really don't know like what the thing is. Cause like for a long time, I was just like, ah, maybe I'll just like date guys that are like 30, between the age of 30 and like 33. Maybe that'll just be my thing. Mm. But then, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, they can also be 30 and 33 and be problematic too. Like age doesn't make you a good person. You know what I mean? Like you can also oh my God. be weird. And there's nothing weirder than meeting like a 33 year old man who like still thinks he's 19 or 20. And um, yes. anyway, yes. there's so many of those. Away. There's so many of those. There's a lot of those. Um, okay. So <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was telling my Yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, continue. No, continue. I was just saying like, I was telling my therapist Okay. I was telling my therapist about like, um, how for some reason I, I look down on like people who haven't been in relationships because I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to like coach you through everything. And I just don't have the time and nor the energy, whatever, whatever. But like, that's so problematic because it also like just cuts off a whole, you know, like group of people. And then she was like, you are literally the funniest person <laughs> like know. that I know like I'm not even kidding like you are so funny oh my god yeah stop but then yeah that's that is how women think like that they have to coach the other person and I'm like bro what who hurt you I know exactly who hurt me you know what I'm saying but like I'm just kind of like it shouldn't be like this like the other person should have to drive it just as much if not more than you you know but no, here's the thing. Anyways, like, yeah, there's know, a lot there. I feel like. Yeah. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I know the, and I'm sorry that I keep interrupting you. I think there's lag. Like you start talking, then my audio. I know there, there's a small lag. Yeah. There's yeah. A small lag. <laughs> um, but I, I was just going to say, I, I'm not into the project like this. I'm not Bob the Builder. You know what I mean? Like if I feel yes. like I need to teach you anything or coach you and like goodbye like no know what 100%. it is because I, I feel like I'm the type of person that is not like I'm not trying to be your side mom I'm not trying to be a second mother figure to you in your life yes I cannot take on that responsibility for a lot of people that's really satisfying and that's great but for me I'm kind of the opposite yeah we're like <laughs> I will literally give you nothing <laughs> yeah yeah but that's that's actually that's actually like the healthier that's actually like the healthier inclination like to be like I'm not gonna caretake you and I'm not gonna try and change you unsuccessfully might I add because it doesn't even work yeah it's like show up already exactly I'm not here I'm like I'm not Bob the Builder I'm not trying to save you with my you know relationshipiness I'm not trying to compete with your past girlfriend that you're still thinking about I'm not trying to save you like no I don't have any sort of like savior complex like that I'm like goodbye like if if you are yes. too needy goodbye if I feel like I need to I don't know if there's if yes. I sense that there's any sort of codependency issue goodbye oh my god I love that especially yeah like codependence on moms like 
oh my god the amount of mama's boys in like in like the muslim community or just like even just like the brown community like uh who are like people of color it's just too hot it's just so because there's there's like no real intimacy between the the part like the parents and then the mom just gets into like a surrogate relationship with the son and then the son is it's just then you're just like competing it's just so it's so <laughs> oh that up. sounds yeah. like a nightmare that sounds like a literal nightmare yeah so good for you good for you for walking out like if anything my therapist is trying to get me to walk out like much faster and like cut off quicker uh because yeah it's just such a waste of time and it's just like so much energy drained for what and then it's almost like if i stick around this was interesting for her to point out to me she's like are you trying to manipulate them into changing their mind i'm like that's scary isn't when that no things that you don't it's like well okay are you yeah this is i will yeah wow i was like why did you have to go there but also facts call me out like that seriously yeah I was, it's wild when you don't realize it but anyways yeah that's everything on on the dating front i look like a i i just caught a glimpse of myself right now i literally look like a sporty spice i look like a missing member of like the spice girls I don't know why, like, I don't like 90s fashion, but every time I get dressed, I'm like, there's something kind of 90s about this 90s revival girl about this. Like my wardrobe lately has been a lot of like loose pants, tighter Mm. tops, kind of like a headband, sporty. But I like, I genuinely don't like any fashion from the 90s. But most of the things that I love about my wardrobe are 90s inspired. That's so funny. I was going to say, like, it looks like you just did um, yoga outside of our Maldives resort. And now you're coming back in <laughs> with your oatmeal. So <laughs> with my oatmeal and my tea with, with your grass oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you this question. So, okay. So you said that you're from a very conservative Muslim family. What was it like? I could imagine that getting into stand-up comedy had a very unique struggle um, yes. for you. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh. Okay. So here's some, here's some like hints, uh, or, or, or I guess like details about how, uh, extremely strict my family was. So like they come from pretty chill families actually in Egypt, but then when they came here, they're like, holy fuck, we're going to lose our identity. We're going to lose everything. So everything is banned. We weren't allowed to have birthday parties we weren't allowed to uh partake in like any um holidays like halloween we would literally barricade the doors turn off all the lights fake our own deaths <laughs> then to have to interact with white people during their satanic holiday you know like just all of all of this wild stuff we weren't allowed to talk to our neighbors our next door neighbors we were not and i lived in the same house my whole life so the first time i talked to my neighbors was when i was like 27 or something no it was literally wild and I, you know how i met my next door neighbor my next door neighbor i met him because he held a really big like comedy festival in mississauga or something and then they brought the comedians and then then he says his name in his picture and i'm like what the hell i know him like i see him walking outside of my house every day and it was him and i announced it on stage i was like we are actually next door neighbors and it was it was wild i was like our parents tried to keep us apart but we they didn't know that we would end up meeting in the underground world of comedy <laughs> oh my god that's so funny my dad that would be like so funny yeah my dad would be like don't talk to your neighbors he's like next thing you know they're gonna come to come to your door in a bikini and they're gonna invite you to go swimming in their pool i was 
like, that sounds great, actually. That sounds amazing. I was like, I want, I want to be invited to their pool parties. But yeah, so we never talked to our neighbors. We never went to public school. We only went to Islamic school. And we weren't ever allowed to have any sort of like minimum wage retail job like Walmart or McDonald's or anything like that because my dad was like so scared that that's when we would be exposed to like white people basically and they would uh, corrupt us you know (laughs) that is so amazing that is like oh I love that that is so funny I actually like had neighbors where like when I would go trick-or-treating yeah would literally shut all the lights off locked uh-huh. doors I was like are they home like they're not home on Halloween and like as a kid I'm like who doesn't celebrate Halloween like I didn't us, you know, I wasn't was cultured like that like I didn't know that some people just didn't like it like they just don't yeah. celebrate it yeah um, one time my dad accidentally opened the door uh because he was like expecting a, a friend or something and then it turned out to be a little kid trick-or-treating and he slammed the door in his face <laughs> and he was like no I'm sorry and that my dad genuinely thinks he's going to heaven for that like for making this kid cry he okay wait he was- do you do you talk about this on stage at all because this is the funniest thing I've I think I've ever heard in my life like I know and it's so relatable too like I I have I mean I think it's you know more my grandparents that are like your parents yeah, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. slam the door on children be like get off my lawn spray yeah. them with a hose like fuck off like they don't yeah. they don't care yeah literally um I, I talked about it in the first ever set I did and then I kind of like retired it but I think I, I think I'm gonna talk about it again like uh soon because first of all I'm running out of like all this material and I'm like I want to talk about my life in in a different context of me kind of going through this like self-righteous journey where because I used to be so freaking religious too like I would um identify myself as like the haram police in like high school and stuff like the person who would always be like you can't do this it's haram like you can't do this you're going to hell you can't do that and it was wild because like in high school I was also so fucking funny and I was so fun to be around and I was so entertaining but then my friends and so my friends love to be around me but then you know, they would mention something about like a guy they were dating or like drugs or going to the mall. And then I would just do a 180. I would flip and I would be like, what the hell? Like, how can you do that? This is haram. Like God's going to be mad. And I genuinely thought like, I need to tell them this. Otherwise, you know, they're going to go to hell and it's my responsibility to like save them and whatever. Right. And then, um, and obviously that's because how that's what my family did to me. Right. So that was like the only thing that I knew. And so they would always hide stuff from me like they would they wouldn't ever tell me about the guys they were seeing um and they wouldn't they wouldn't like invite me to the mall or whatever you know like the coolest place we would hang out in high school and then they wouldn't um and and yeah and so they hid a lot of things from me and it's so funny because I'm still in touch with with like my two closest friends from high school and one of them just the other one kind of like spent university with me so she saw me change over the years and she she's really like comfortable and accustomed to who I am but the other one still thinks I am who I am like from high school and when she sees me like she she thinks we're in some sort of like black mirror episode every time she sees me now like she's like she's like no this is just a test and like she's gonna turn back but she apologized she took me out to dinner like right before the pandemic and she sat me down and apologized to me for all of the times that she lied in high school to me and I was like you don't have to apologize like I knew like you know I was just such an awful person to be around like it makes sense that you were protecting yourself you know what I mean um but she just she feels a lot of guilt about it like she feels like 
they, I guess like, you know, she wasn't totally upfront with me and all that stuff, but it's, yeah. So anyway, so I come from that kind of a family. Um, but interestingly enough, I, I, I'm the youngest of five. So I feel like I get away with murder in comparison to my older siblings. Um, and I would always just like fight anything that we weren't allowed to do. I would kind of do it. So it was like, you're not allowed to have social media. And then I got Facebook and then they were like, you're not allowed to have guys on your Facebook. And then I added guys. And then like, you know what I mean? Like they'd be like, you're not allowed to have Instagram. And I had Instagram. And I remember my sister showing my whole family, like that I put up a photo wearing red lipstick on Instagram. And back then I had like 12 followers. Like you remember like how Instagram was when it first started. Yeah. And yeah. And so then, and then my family would gossip and they'd make such a big deal of it, whatever. And then like, I wasn't even allowed. My dad was like, when I was in, um, I think like third year universe. I don't know. I would have been like maybe 20 or something. Uh, I, 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 I trained for a half marathon and my dad was like, no, you can't run outside. Uh, it's hot on because people are going to see like your body moving. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was so weird. And then, and I had to fight them. I was like, no, I'm going to do it. But everything like was kind of a, an argument within reach like it and I remember I would go running go for like a 5k in the morning and then I would come back and my mom would be like where were you and I was like I was meeting my boyfriend like do you know what I mean like for them it's like running was just as bad as like as like having a a, a secret relationship um so I kind of got away with a lot but it was always like small dumb things but comedy was like huge like it it, it was just like it was insane. Like I had to keep it hidden in the beginning. Um, I took, I, I, the first time I ever did a show, like I kept it hidden from them. I only told like a couple of my really close friends and they came with me. Um, and then I took a course at second city and they, and everyone at second city was like, my mom bought me this course for Christmas. And then the other person was like, yeah, my mom bought me this course for Christmas too. That's crazy. And then it was my turn. And I was like, well, uh, my mom definitely didn't buy me this course for Christmas. Uh, in fact, she has no idea where I am. I told my parents I'm uh, in night class, but I didn't tell them at what school, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, right. Okay. So yeah, it was like, I was, I was doing my master's uh, at U of T at that point so I was downtown so I was able to go to like these shows and I was able to like downtown essentially corrupted me in the best way uh, <laughs> and so yeah so like I think then my dad didn't know I did my first ever show in November of 2016 and then I did uh the second city course I started in January then we finished that course and I performed like the final show or whatever in March of 2017. And then that was kind of when I started doing comedy regularly. Uh, and my siblings all knew about that. And we were, I still remember we were at a, a family dinner and they were all really excited about uh, the day before, which was, was, which was the show, but like they, they were all just like smiling and not saying anything. Cause they were afraid that like my, like my parents would find out. But then my oldest sister, who's the most codependent on her husband, who's like, has suffered the most trauma at the hands of my parents. Who's like such a people pleaser. Like I could like talk about this for 65 days. Uh, literally she, she's incapable of like keeping a secret from her husband. Like she just cannot. And she feels like this never ending guilt about doing it. So she told him that she went to see my, my comedy show and she was dying because other people were so dirty. I myself was dying when I first started comedy, whenever people would make, 
like I was such a prude whenever people would make like any sexual vulgar jokes or whatever I would like leave the room I would go to the green room I'm like I can't hear it yeah it's like wild now I'm like oh my god hilarious so clever <laughs> you know what I mean but my sister was the same she left the room she couldn't be there like so so she like she tells her husband that she watched this this comedy show and that I was performing and then he got mad and then she was like she's like no don't worry I left during all the vulgar parts and he's like there was vulgar parts so then obviously he goes and tells my dad and then my parents like they got so upset about it and my dad like was fighting with me day and night and it was like essays would be sent in our like whatsapp group like between me and my parents and like the amount of anxiety I would feel was like overwhelming like I like I think I almost got an anxiety attack like like my heart rate would just would just escalate so much I was like I can't do this I literally can't even like sit down I can't like I can't breathe almost like it, it was so much because comedy was like the first thing that you know we didn't see eye to eye on but I persisted with like you know a marathon you do it once and then it's done like it's not like the rest of my life kind of a thing uh whereas like comedy and and I would and he'd be like don't do it. and it, because in the beginning I had so much anxiety I took a month off like right after that um for Ramadan and I was like let me just kind of like like ground myself a little bit because I was so overwhelmed um but it, it persisted and then I had so much like spiritual guilt from it um and I would just any anybody I would talk to anybody I could get my hands on I would just seek like spiritual validation but they're all just kind of like I, we can't really give that to you like you kind of have to figure that out on your own right um and it was so awful and then i was able to kind of like bury it under the rug for a bit and then the year after that i got into my relationship and he started off by like like completely praising comedy being like oh my god it's so amazing that you're doing comedy whatever whatever um and then later on he saw me like tell a, a joke on stage about getting a dick pic and he saw me like um like and and then he and then he i said this one joke that like like it's like a bit of an innuendo it wasn't even innuendo i just said the last person who seen me naked was my doctor at birth and he was like oh the word naked like he had a problem with that he started policing essentially my comedy and and was kind of like what what's the purpose of this comedy are you doing it to you know raise awareness about muslims and represent muslims or is it because you actually like doing it and it was just so fucked up that i was like put in a situation to to have to answer that i was like both why does it have to be one or the other you know and then and actually like taking on the responsibility of representing muslims is how a lot of people end up resenting you later because then they're like this is not my story and you're painting muslims in a certain way and i'm actually way more liberal or way more conservative and you're you're whatever right um but then basically like uh so eventually i would be like yeah you're right okay i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop because i still hadn't like solved the spiritual uh issue in 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 like me wanting the spiritual validation so i was like you're right okay i'm gonna stop and then like i couldn't stop every time i would go up there it was and that was like the definition of me making promises that i couldn't keep because i was like yeah you're right okay i should be better and then but then it's my personality like i go up there and this is my person this is how i would talk with my friends like are you gonna police the way I talk now and then you know and then and then I was like this is so unrealistic like you're holding your if you were to critique the way that someone talks or dresses or you know um just behaves like you're always gonna find imperfections and shortcomings and I was like am I meant to be an imp 
a perfect model on stage that's unrelatable and unrealistic or am I meant to be like who I actually am right and so it, it, it like it, it killed me for so long and then when the relationship ended and I started I started going to therapy right before it ended but um it changed like oh my god the therapist was just like you I I, I walked in being like I have no in- internal moral compass I don't know who I am I have zero self-trust uh everything I've ever known about right and wrong has always only other been from other people um and I'm not someone that I would look at and be like this person regardless of power or money or influence they have will always do the right thing like I don't believe that about myself because you know and also like during my master's, I was working with animals. Uh, and that really fucked me up because I was like, why is it okay to work with some animals and not others? Like it, it was just, I don't know. It was like really, especially because I had to like euthanize a lot of them. And it was, it was just like, it, it was it really, really also added to this whole concept of like, I'm only doing what's right and wrong because society is telling me. And like, I don't really know for myself what that is. Um, and then, yeah, anyways, then therapy, like, obviously was a really long process and still continues to be but that helped me a lot with being like fuck everybody and fuck whatever you think i'm gonna do what's right for me and essentially giving myself the permission to be a a flawed person i'd never done that before like i never gave myself that option and uh and then i moved out of my parents home and i lived with a roommate for a bit now i live alone and stuff and uh there's like hella boundaries between us and it's it's so great like our really my relationship with them is the best it's ever been because it's it's so so little uh you know but that's the only way that i could like protect myself and my mental health and and my choices essentially so yeah and making that leap for you uh with your parents how was that like how was that going from like hey, okay, so I guess there was never any boundaries because you guys kind of controlled my life in a very religious way to Mm -hmm. going to basically like the complete opposite. Like, how are they now? So like, basically, you just don't give them a chance. Do you think that they still think that? Or like, what do you think? Yeah, they definitely still think that. They try and get it in whenever they can. And my my mom like is really passive aggressive. Like, she'll (laughs) always be like, now it's so wild, but like, there's i'm trying to test out what's safe to talk to her about there's really nothing honestly like like she'll be like how do you how do you spend your days are you actually really alone like during the pandemic during quarantine like what do you do and i'm like oh don't worry about it like i i'm painting i i go for runs i i'm taking like acting lessons vocal lessons guitar lessons this and that like you know i'm keeping myself busy and then she goes like and what about prayer what about the religion are you getting better there? And I'm just like, oh God, okay, this is clearly not a safe topic. Then I was like telling her about, um, she she said something about like, uh, she, she was saying how she has such a hard time going to sleep at night. So I was like, oh yeah, I was like, let me tell you what I do to help me sleep. Like if I go for a run, usually I sleep better at night or I take a really warm shower before going to bed. Uh, magnesium pills are also really great. Like they really knock you out. Um, I didn't tell her about my vibrator, but then I was like, uh, I was like, I was like, and and <laughs> I was like, and um, at the end of the day, uh, I also use a weighted blanket, which is really, really great. Uh, it, like, and then she's like, weighted blanket, what is that? Um, I was like, yeah, it, it, like, and my sister-in-law was like talking at that point. She's like, yeah, it makes you feel like, like you're being cuddled, basically, like someone is almost like hugging you. And then she thinks for a beat and she's like, or you could just get married. And I'm like, oh my God, you were doing so well. You were doing so freaking, you know what I mean? I was like, I was going to be like, I actually, 
actually said it. I was like, are you saying I should use men for their bodies? Because I don't need to be married to do that. Like, do you that know what I mean? That is so funny. Oh my God. And then how did she react to that? She just kind of like laughed and she's like, I know I'm just, I'm just saying like, that's one of the benefits. Like that's one of the benefits. I'm like, okay, you know, but at the, at the, at the cost of so much harm, if it, if you just settle, right. Like, which is what she wants me to do. Yeah. And then recently she was like, she was like, uh, how are, how are your married friends? So this is, she's trying to, she's trying to get into it, but she's, she's also creatively trying to work on different angles to like enter into the topic. So she was like, um, she's like, how are your married friends? And then I was like, miserable, actually, uh, <laughs> quarantine, you know, they're, they're all struggling with quarantine. Cause a lot of my friends got married last year. And then she was like, she just smiles and she's like, mm, this is life. Everybody's miserable. You'll never be happy. And so you just have to do duty. Yeah. And awesome. yeah, she says, yeah, she says stuff like that. And I'm like, this is sounds like you're a very miserable person. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like it's, it's so interesting because like the, nobody gets under my skin the way my parents do. Oh my God. Nobody. Yeah. Um, it's just like they trigger you in like zero, zero to 60 and whatever, 3.5, <laughs> whatever that zero it, to hundred. It, it takes like, literally nothing. And you're like, well, yeah. uh, I have yeah. to go. I have to literally go. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Same, same. So I start to leave a lot. I leave the room and, and I leave the house essentially. And then they, they're like, okay, fine. Like, I think they're learning that way uh, to just be like, let's not broach these topics. Cause we barely ever see her. So when we do see her, like, but now my mom, my mom is, has always been like this. She uses, she uses prayer or more specifically diet, which diet means like, it's like a vocal, uh, prayer or a wish that you make, uh, in, in front of the person, or, uh, you can make it privately or whatever too, but you don't have to actually be like, in, in a prayer or in a meditation for it, you, it's more vocal. Um, so she'll, she'll always use that as a weapon. Um, and for example, like, uh, my mom's love language is acts of services. So if any, if we ever like would vacuum the house growing up or whatever, she'd, she'd start making so much prayer for that particular person and make the rest of us feel like shit, uh, because she's only praying for them, but she uses it like that. She uses it like weapon. So she starts, she, she starts to do that a lot. She'll be like, Selma, I love you. May God guide you to the right path. May God like whatever. And just, you know, turn to God, turn to God, always go back to him. Nobody else is going to help you, but God, like all this stuff, um, that, you know, I just, it's just noise. I just like, just let her say it because it makes her feel better you know but it doesn't like do anything to me yeah that um, takes a lot of practice by the way just being able to be like hey like it's just your own thing and you know whatever that takes exactly that yeah that I'm able to do but when she brings up anything about marriage or uh or yeah or like the fact that my mom also is just a very cynical person like she sees the world in as two different types of people um the smart cunning street smart people and the fools who get taken advantage of and ever since i was young she's uh categorized me as the fool uh because my i i'm i'm very similar to my dad in a lot of ways and my, and my dad uh has zero boundaries with any human being ever like it's it's ridiculous and then he has all of the resentment towards his family for not setting those boundaries uh so she's always suffered from that in their relationship and then she projects all of that onto me she's like you're exactly like your dad exactly like your dad exactly like that's like what she says day and night right um 
so like I was telling her a story about my friend, the high school one actually, who came to town and she's like married to a multimillionaire. She's like literally living her best life. And she's like, she literally said, Sadima, let me take you into a restaurant. Um, it's on me. Just choose your favorite restaurant. Okay. So then I chose that super expensive sushi place next to Yuck Yucks called Jabistro, where yeah. it's like literally 30 bucks for like four pieces of sushi um so we go there was it was 12 dollars for one piece anyway so we go there and uh we get sushi and then as soon as she walks in she's like oh i told my cousin i was coming here and she's like damn Simon must be balling to take you out to a place like that yeah and i was like what i was like you're the one who said that you were gonna pay for this right but it was so trippy and at the end we ended up splitting it and i went and i responded to the message that she sent me like saying it's on me but we ended up splitting it. But anyways, then I told my mom that story and she found it hilarious. She was like, oh my God, you're like, you're such a fool. Like your friend took advantage of you. She's so smart. She's so, there's actually a word for it in Arabic, like to describe a person who's like that, who's really, who's always like one step ahead of you. Like you can never take advantage of them because they're already on to you. Right. Okay. So she, and she loves that word. Like, it's like, what's the word? It's Aruba, like A-R-U-B-A, that's the word. It's, wow. it's only specific to the Egyptian dialect, like nobody else, no other Arabs ever say it, but like, um, yeah, she loves that word. And so she'll just like, she'll, she'll, she'll just turn it into that. She'll be like, you're, you're someone who everyone takes advantage of, whatever, whatever. And it's like, her voice is always in my head that it, when I'm dating or let's say like, I call it off with someone and then they like block me before I block them or they, they do something to me before I do it to them. Immediately. I'm like, fuck, I should have hurt them first. You know, I'm a fool right now. Or like they made me a fool or, you know what I mean? But it's just like my mom's words. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she's able to like get under your skin like that. Right. That's, Oh God. Do I know what you're talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> do I know what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Salma, I feel like we're, I could talk to you literally all day, but we're, we're running on an hour and a half. Okay. We should definitely end it. (laughs) I I don't want to end it though. Like I could just keep talking to you forever. You're such an interesting person. Like when you talk, like you just have the gift of gab. Like I want to listen to you. I could listen to you talk forever. You're so engaging and like comfortable and I don't like you're just such an amazing guest to have on this podcast like just thank you for thank you you. of course you're so cute basically what I'm hearing is uh we should ditch hinge and we should just start dating each other yeah I I think so what's your zodiac sign um it's I guess oh yes I'm sorry sorry (laughs) okay but can you guess my rising and falling and all of that because you have do you have like Libra somewhere um no actually I think I have Scorpio and Sagittarius Sagittarius rising obviously I think so I think so yeah yeah me uh, too okay, okay. Cool. cool yeah um, I'll send you my exact birthing chart because I literally you just have, do you have like a co-star app and stuff? I have so many apps on here literally like the amount of astrology apps that I have yeah it's like <laughs> I know that I'm not doing well mentally when I turn to the stars for answers. You know what I mean? I think it's so fun and I love it. And I'll never, you know, be judgmental for people for using it. But when I do use it, 
it's coming yeah. from a mentally ill place. I'm, I am gotcha, actively gotcha. not doing my best. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. My niece has it. And she sent me like the, the screenshots and the, and the notification and stuff like that. Um, uh, so yeah, so I'll like, I'll, I'll send you that, uh, <laughs> that table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead of sending me like your headshot and bio, I just, I would prefer just your full chart. Your, um, exactly. Your full birthing chart. Scanned <laughs> in an email. Um, exactly. Dude, like, thank you so much. I want to like, I, I will like, would you want to do it again another time? Like not, you know, obviously. Yeah, like, let's do like, it for sure. In a couple months or something just to like catch up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I find like every time uh, I talk this- to you, like you and Nora are the two people that I connect to. I, 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 I don't see you very often, but when I talk mm-hmm. to you, it feels like we have so much to talk about and there's so much to catch up on. And like, both of us are just going, 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 going. Like I could literally sit and talk to you for like five hours. Oh like, my gosh. Travel somewhere for comedy or whatever. Like I want to be sitting next to you on the bus. I'm dead. It's going to be such a party. It would be. Yeah. hundred million percent. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's do this again. And maybe we could do a socially distanced walk also. Like if you're into that. Yeah. I'll I'll come from my part of the Maldives to your part of the Maldives and we can like link up or something.